The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 8, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. My name is Bob. How are you? What's happening? Hello, Bob. Yeah, hi. Uh, coming up on today's show, it's Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is here today. Uh, of course, we're expecting Trump to declare a national emergency under a false pretext tonight. The crisis at the border, which is all made up. So another Tuesday in which Trump sucks all the air out of the news cycle over a ginormous lie. Again. We'll talk about what new powers Trump will acquire as a result. And the president continues to repeat Kremlin propaganda. We'll get into that, too. Plus, one of the uh, Trump Tower Russians has once again been linked to Putin. Good luck, Junior. Good luck in federal prison, Junior. Uh, and the holidays are over, of course. Uh, you're done buying gifts for other people. Now's the time to reward yourself with some goodies from Amazon.com. And when you do, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at BobSuska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you shop as normal. But because you used our link, we receive a small commission on some of your purchases. Meanwhile, you can also use our Chris Lavoie Banded Masculine link beneath the logo to shop for man-scented candles, including my favorite fresh-cut grass-scented candle. And don't miss Chris's all-new grocery store birthday cake scent. Thank you for supporting Banded Masculine, and thanks for shopping through our Amazon link. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Work, 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 work. Hello, boys, have a good night's rest. I missed you. Just one more bill for you to sign, sir. What the hell is this? This is the bill that will convert the State Hospital for the Insane into the William J. Lepetamine Memorial Gambling Casino for the Insane. Gentlemen, this, this bill will be a giant step forward in the treatment of the insane gambler. Yes, bravo. Thank you, thank you, Hedy, thank you. It's not Hedy, it's Hedley, Hedley Lamar. Anything else? Just this urgent telegram from Rockbridge that arrived last Friday. Last Friday? Read it, read it. You wild bitch. Sheriff murdered, church meeting bombed, reign of terror must cease. Send your sheriff immediately. Holy underwear! Sheriff murdered? Innocent women and children blown to bits? We've got to protect our phony baloney job, gentlemen. We must do something about this immediately. Immediately, immediately. Harumph, 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 harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Give the governor harumph. Harumph. You watch your ass. A gentleman, please rest your sphincters. Well put. Bob Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. Yeah, it's the uh, Trump crisis day, 719, 665 days until the 2020 presidential election, and day 17 of the Trump shutdown. So as I said, another exciting Tuesday. Oh, hey, look, it's the great Buzz Burbank. Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, I guess before we begin, uh, we should make our big announcement, Bob, that uh, <laughs> okay. you and I are you and I are building a new studio, and and Mexico is going to pay for it. So we're very excited about that. Yes, yeah. it's Buzz. It's Buzz. I want to tell you, Burbank. I, it was a tough Christmas, Bob. Mm. I found out that Santa Claus is actually a Chinese hoax. China. And, I knew it. The, I knew the, it. I knew naughty it. List, and the naughty list is a witch hunt. <laughs> hey, did you send me, I got a mystery gift the other day. Did you send me the Stephen Colbert book, Whose Boat Is This Boat? But of course, that's a, a, a book that raises money for the hurricane victims uh, of Florida and, and the surrounding area. And uh, it's, it's a, a book, uh, an illustrated book, of uh, all the things that Trump actually said during his visit after the hurricane. And, uh, and, and it's, I believe the subtitle is something about lessons in, in insensitive things to say after a hurricane. Right, right. Yeah. And it is absolutely my favorite gift that I I got over the holidays because I, 
just yeah. endlessly hilarious. I've been walking around just doing the voice. Whose boat is this boat? And you, you can't help but to read yeah. the book out loud in the Trump voice because it is so yeah. goddamn stupid. Rob, uh, shut up, if, Mr. President. And if, and if you don't laugh in the face of tragedy, of yeah. crisis, which is maybe a, the, the a more appropriate word at this point. And now we have the government shutdown. 800,000 federal employees not getting yep. paychecks, you know, like podcasters. <laughs> They now know what it's like. I knew we were simpatico with these people. Yeah, of course, of course. course, Yeah, obviously that's the uh, the thing that gets lost in all of this. Eight hundred thousand federal workers without without a paycheck, without a gig, Uh, and you know what could possibly go wrong? TSA uh, workers calling in sick. Uh, It's not even that's the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Mortgage payments will go on unpaid to the tune of billions of dollars. Yeah, uh, because of this, Uh, the the economic effects of this are massive and widespread within the next 30 to 60 days if this thing isn't settled. And I don't see any sign that it will be. Uh, by the way, anything on TV tonight? Sweet, uh, merciful crap! Just a little teeny tiny blurb, which might actually uh, be the most catastrophic thing Donald Trump has done as president since he was uh, first inaugurated. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, just, and I hope I'm wrong, just like with everything, yeah. Buzz, I hope I'm wrong about this guy. But I get the strong sense that tonight, in that eight minutes or however long it ends up being, he is going to declare a state of emergency tonight, thus I- engaging in a gigantic executive power grab. I mean, it's this, entirely possible. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that will happen. I, I know it's absolutely within the realm of possibilities. I guess what I would say, in the words of Hedley Lamar, relax your sphincters. <laughs> Because gentlemen, please and and and, and uh, rest them because you may need yeah. to clinch them when you see the speech. But for so. now, uh, I, I think we should operate on the assumption that he's not going to do this. Uh, Mike Pence uh, making his various uh, you know his tour of the morning shows on the networks this morning uh, did not indicate that he said it was something the president was still considering but mm-hmm. had not decided yet. Uh, but uh, he seemed to think the the case that Pence presented was that the administration seeks negotiation and uh, that that Trump is hoping that tonight's speech will aid him in that negotiation. I don't think it will, yeah. especially now that uh, it will be followed by an equal, uh, an equally forceful Democratic response. Well, I hope that he doesn't do it. I hope, obviously, that right. he doesn't engage in this uh, massive expansion of his executive power. The problem is, though, I'm looking at this through Trump's point of view i'm trying to stick myself in trump's teeny tiny little shoes and mm-hmm, but, but get myself wedge myself into the giant pumpkin head of his and from that point of view it seems yeah. like it is just so tempting for him to actually do it and it seems he seems like a, a, of anyone else it seems like donald trump would be the guy who would go there who would actually declare a national state of emergency because uh, based under these false pretexts of this uh, border border uh, uh, invasion or whatever the hell he's calling it. Entirely possible. And I know you want to talk about the people who are mad at the networks about this, and we'll get back to that. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this is this is a significant event in that, uh, that having a Democratic response to an Oval Office speech is, mm-hmm. I believe, unprecedented. Uh, really? It's done yeah. after a State of the Union address. Mm-hmm. There's a Democratic response. And, and about that, on that subject, those are always canned responses, usually yeah. taped in advance by the, uh, the party not in power. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are prepared remarks that often, especially in recent years, have virtually nothing to do with anything the president had just said in his State of the <laughs> Union yeah, address. Yeah. I think tonight will be different. And I wonder if <clears throat> Pelosi and Schumer have each, perhaps, two scripts. One, if he does declare a state of emergency, and one, if he doesn't. And if you're listening to the show after this has occurred, uh, consider that question. Uh, do you think, after having seen this, uh, that they had an alternate script ready in the event that he declares a national emergency? Pelosi seems to be on top of this. She seems to be re- ready to respond to this. Mm-hmm. This may be the first time you've seen an opposing party response that directly addresses what the president just said, as opposed to talking past it as other responses have done. And and because people have these expectations about what they're going to see tonight, mm-hmm. you've never seen an Oval Office speech like this, I predict. And I predict, and I, I think I can assure, that you will have never seen a Democratic or an opposing party response like the one 
to be seen this evening. Uh, this is this is huge, and and a lot of people have 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 expectations about this, and have decided that based on those expectations, eh, I'm not going to watch. He's just going to tell more lies. It's just going to be more bullshit. Somebody posted today. Uh, this is no time to stop paying attention, kids. No, no, this no, is no. this is not, in the in the event that Bob's fear comes to fruition, that Trump announces some authoritarian move, uh, mm-hmm. which we all agree is entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the event that you you probably want to be watching that, you probably ought to know, and further, you ought to know the Democratic response. What you may expect or may have expected to see tonight may not, in fact, be what happens. Right, right. Well, I absolutely think, first of all, that Pelosi and Schumer have two speeches written uh, mm-hmm. as far as their response goes, and one of them is going to be responding to a national emergency, which has to include the word uh, intense the words intense oversight if not impeachment in there too uh-huh. because well, i mean yeah. the, the thing they're loath to use that word and, yeah. and as we learned this week from talib uh rashida talib yeah what we learned this week and i've been eager to say this to someone <laughs> anyone everyone yeah the if the first rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club then the first rule of impeachment club is don't talk about impeachment club and we can talk about why later but please you know let i don't want to get us further derailed well no i mean the the fact of the matter is is this is all intertwined i mean it's mm-hmm. every all of this is intertwined in fact i mean even russia is looped into all of this because you can't oh, yeah. separate the fact that this guy is absolutely an agent of the kremlin and yet he is closed down the American government three times in a year. I mean, thus fulfilling whatever his mandates might be coming from Moscow. But the problem is here, on top of all of that, is that he intends to, if uh, my worst fears are correct, and believe me, I've been wandering around the house for the last 24 hours. Sweet, merciful crap! Just screaming how I know how you worry. (laughs) (laughs) I do, because this isn't, I mean, other presidents have declared national emergencies. Barack Obama declared a national emergency during the H1N1 uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. Of course, he ended the national emergency. And of course, as a constitutional scholar, Barack Obama did not exceed any of his mandates, did not uh, use that as some sort of far reaching, uh, endless uh, power grab. Right. Uh, But Donald Trump, that's perfectly and entirely in his wheelhouse to be able to do something like that, especially if he wants to derail something like the Mueller investigation, if he wants to start arresting dissidents. This gives him the power to do all kinds of awful things. And to me, someone who has really no core values whatsoever, someone who who acts impulsively, this seems like, yeah, I mean, 100%, it seems like something that he would absolutely not think twice about doing. And the fact that we're hearing from uh, Mike Pence and others that he's still mulling it, Seems well, to me that wrong before. Uh, yeah, I, know, I mean, yeah. It, well, I mean, it's not about right or wrong. Even it's about uh, just a matter of of knowing how Donald Trump has no internal censor. He's got right. no, in, he's got no sense whatsoever in terms of what he should and shouldn't be doing as president of the United States. Just in general. Um, yeah. Yes. Now he has certain senses, and I wonder if he senses or draws a, a lesson from learning this morning that there would be a democratic response of equal time uh, to his Oval Office speech tonight. Mm -hmm. Will he now modify some of what he had planned to say, knowing that the Democrats are going to be on right after him, that they will get the last word? Yeah. Uh, He's... He, he, I, if I were I him, I might be inclined, having learned this, uh, I might be inclined to modify what I was saying, either to make it fiercer or less fierce, uh, depending on uh, what I expected the, yeah. the Democrats to do to me. Well, I, you know, once again, I underscore the fact that I hope I'm wrong about all of this. I hope I'm wrong entirely. You know what? I hope I'm wrong about Russia. I hope I'm wrong about Trump's relationship yeah. with Russia. I hope yeah. I'm wrong about everything from top to bottom, that this guy is just a reality show doofus who stumbled into the presidency like some wacky 80s comedy or something like that and and but i oh don't my. think i don't think that's the case and i do right. think you know robert costa um, mugsy from <laughs> washington mm-hmm. post has been screaming about this and and mugsy is so reserved normally 
Uh, and, and that makes his uh, his fears and, and the blurbs that he's been uh, releasing on Twitter and on the Washington Post the last 24 hours seem extra urgent. And he's yes. been pushing, the, he's been leaning on the national emergency button. He seriously believes that Trump is headed in that direction. And we my, have to... My, my, my headline last week uh, for my news was uh, a clear and present danger in the White House. Exactly. And I, I laid out many of the things that uh, have been outlined in an editorial in the New York Times published last night mm-hmm. by, I believe his first name is David Leonhardt. Uh, and uh, it, it's an amazing piece that, uh, like I said, sort of outlines what I had gone over the week before. Yeah. But then uh, comes to the conclusion, and again, like over at the Post, a much fiercer approach to this than ever before. The New York Times calling for the removal of mm-hmm. Donald Trump from the presidency, not only through any available legal means, but further, as soon as possible, yeah. as it concludes he is, in fact, a danger to this country. Uh, and uh, so there is an urgency out there to remove this guy, even if we don't talk about impeachment club. And, and the concern there, by the way, one of the reasons <laughs> we don't talk club. about impeachment club is uh, th- because we don't. We we haven't won. We have some people to win over before we accomplish this. We yep. have Republicans in Congress to win over, and we have Republican voters to win over. And as I've said before, we won't get them all, but we'll get some of them, uh, just as we did in Watergate. And there will come a point, as it came in Watergate, where Republican lawmakers hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on tenaciously until that one moment that they don't. You know and that, that that moment is coming. You know, it's interesting. I don't want to get too much off on a tangent uh, about this, but the fact is that, uh, you know, I was right there with you on that front where, you know, I thought, well, you know, at some point the Republicans may actually, if the trespasses are heinous enough, the Republicans may come around and start to lean toward that, uh, that uh, the, the impeachment club, as you've as you been calling it. And, uh, but the more I see how they're behaving with regard to the 2020 election, regarding spe- specifically mm-hmm. the primaries, mm-hmm. it seems more and more that Donald Trump and the Trump re-election campaign specifically is so intertwined with the RNC yeah. that True. it makes it nearly impossible for any Republican to step out of line. Uh, well, thus- of course that... Yeah, of course, that is the other alternative that yeah. Trump takes down the Republican Party with him. Right. But that won't stop the wheels of law enforcement. Yeah, well, that I, that, that may be so. But uh, I don't think the Republicans are anywhere close to supporting an impeachment no. effort. But you know no. what? It doesn't and, even matter. And they, weren't, and they weren't with Nixon. And then yeah. within a three-week period, you know, Bob, you've suffered through this for two years. Mm-hmm. I've suffered through this for two years. The people listening to us have suffered through this for two years. We, as tired as we are, uh, what we forget is that Watergate lasted as long but it was over in three weeks. That's, and three that's weeks, true. three weeks, as you know, these days yep. goes by very quickly. Well, they, and and th- there was a there was a complete from almost total, total, total tenacious Republican support of Nixon. They supported him. They hung on. They clinged. They defended him until one day they didn't. <laughs> until one day, until one day, there was a development that changed all that. Mm-hmm. And the way things are unfolding, that development is very, very close. I, not only do I know that the and the re- why will well you. Say why will the the fair question? Why would the Republicans flip on 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 Trump? And the answer is very simple: uh, they they lose their phony baloney jobs. They yeah. won't be real. They won't be reelected. They have political realities, financial bill paying realities. They're going to have to face at some point, and when forced to make that decision, they will choose themselves over Trump. And when that day comes, and that day is coming very close because that revelation is very close, they will flip. They, I really believe they will. Uh, the only other choice, as I said, and I just don't see this happening, is that uh, Trump and the Republican Party, and to a large degree perhaps the nation, will go down in flames. Well, yeah, the, no doubt about that, too. I, I think the window for the Republicans, for any Republicans to support an impeachment effort, the window is very narrow. It seems to me mm-hmm, as if mm-hmm. if it's going to happen, it's got to happen in the next six to ten months. Beyond that, we're yeah, talking yeah. about primary season, primary caucus season starting right, right. Uh, exactly one year from right now. And once that gets underway, it's it's hard to see the Republicans, the, the modern Republicans, the, the 2020 or 2019, 2020 Republicans. 
and, and it is stepping different. Out I will grant. I will grant you that. Yeah. Because uh, they're up to tricks that that, uh, that pale uh, anything that happened before. I I think it was the uh, the Times columnist who wrote uh, that that the the Trump scandal makes uh, the teapot dome scandal <laughs> seem like a tempest in a teapot. <laughs> really, and, really, and, it, it does. And and, it, and this is uh, we've said from the beginning. This is exponentially worse than Watergate. Oh my God! And, and yeah. the 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 dirty tricks and the the the, the 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 lying and the cheating are all there, but they too have grown exponentially over the years. And so, yeah, this is a little different. This is a little harder, but essentially, at the heart of it, when it comes time to get reelected and pay their bills, they will get reelected and pay their bills mm. if it means even if it means abandoning Trump. And that day is coming. Well, I did some research yesterday, and it determined that here's what kind of power. Donald Trump could be seizing if he does go ahead good, and invoke like a national to, yeah. emergency. I, w- I want to hear this. Uh, yeah, we've got the National Emergency Act, which basically outlines, or it was intended, it was a post-Watergate uh, piece of legislation that was intended to restrict the president's powers in the uh, context of a national emergency. But still, it allows him to do a lot of things. And this will give Donald Trump access to a lot of button, buttons to push. And uh, among them, under these uh, under these powers, the president may seize property. He can organize and control the means of production. He can seize commodities. He can assign military forces abroad. Uh, he can also assign military forces inside the United States, which is specifically germane to what he intends right. to do about the wall. Uh-huh. He, he can institute martial law. He can seize and control all transportation and communication. He can regulate the operation of private enterprise, restrict travel, and in a variety of ways, control the lives of United States citizens. This is not from some fringe conspiracy theory website. This is the Congressional Research Service in okay. a report issued in 2007. Is that uh, is that the is that the list or is there more? That's that. <laughs> okay, the reason I, I hope the there's I, not more. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I think we all do. But what I, if you if you don't mind, if you'd indulge me, sure. What was what was the first item again? Yeah, uh, uh, the president may seize property, organize, uh-huh. and control the means of production. Okay, wait, wait. That's that's almost two. It's almost two together. Seize First property. of all, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, seize property. Uh, he's already talked about that. Yeah, uh, eminent he's domain. He's already talked about using eminent domain to seize the property to build his wall, including for those of you who missed it on my uh, uh, newscast, uh, uh, including uh, running bulldozers through a field where butterflies, millions of butterflies live. <laughs> uh, he wants to he wants to just plow that over uh, and uh, put up the wall there. Uh, these this is the kind of eminent domain we're talking about. As far as we're as as far as who controls the means of production, Karl Marx wrote that the workers control the means of production. So I, I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would beg to differ with that. Now, what was what was the next thing on the list? Uh, organ- okay, seize commodities. This is where he could actually seize uh, gold. And in fact, FDR did that during the uh, Depression. He made pe- yeah. he actually had the, the federal government bought people's gold. Uh, in gigantic amounts, and in fact, it was illegal up to a certain amount to possess gold uh, mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. considered to be against the national interest to hoard yeah. gold at that point in time. So it's okay. been done, and Donald Trump c- could do it. I mean, again, this guy is literally capable of anything, and that's what terrifies sure. me. Again, that's what's got me going around screaming, Sweet, merciful crap! Screaming that 24-7, yeah. regardless of whether we're in this kind of crisis or not. But, I mean, right. again, but going back I, to something you were saying just a second ago, Buzz, mm-hmm. Donald Trump is the national emergency. It's not yes. what's happening on the southern border, or specifically no. what's not happening on the southern border. It's right. Donald Trump. He is the crisis. He is the centerpiece of everything that is potentially horrifying or currently horrifying inside the United States. He and is while the source all that of that. Is go- and, and while all that is going on, uh, Congress is, uh, the Democratic House is beginning its investigations of him, yeah. uh, complete with subpoenas. The Mueller investigation has continued. No word yet on how the government shutdown uh, that affects the judicial system will affect Mueller's work. We're yeah. a little concerned about that. It may be a couple of weeks before we know the answer to that question. But right now, Mueller's work continues um so uh, uh, this is a distraction to a large degree it's not just a distraction it's his passion but it makes a convenient distraction 
from everything that's going on in terms of the Russia investigation, yeah. including your, your, what you referenced earlier about the uh, Russian lawyer, uh, a Russian lawyer who was in the Trump Tower meeting with the president's son, his son-in-law, and his campaign manager <laughs> during the campaign. Yeah, uh, that Russian lawyer. Uh, we now have evidence. We ha- now have hard evidence that she has close ties to the Kremlin, thanks to a totally separate, totally unrelated yep. federal indictment of her uh, in in a bank fraud case uh, mm-hmm. for which she was the counsel or attorney. So, uh, in it, but the great thing about getting this on record in this totally unrelated case is that it it. it it has on federal court records her connections to the Kremlin, which could be very handy in this case going forward. <laughs> hi, so, hi, uh, hi, Don Jr. Hello, and, good luck yeah, in federal and, prison. And we know Don Jr. and Roger Stone are next. They know they're yeah. next. Uh, you know, and so uh, this all those wheels continue to turn while this circus goes on. Now it's a scary circus with scary, scary consequences. Scary, which, scary circus. Which is why I'm I'm I stand with the New York Times in saying he must be removed as soon as legally possible mm-hmm. by any legal means possible. This is urgent yeah. t- to protect the people of the United States and their form of government. Well, and it turns out, Buzz, that this whole business about wall, and I'm trying to use the uh, White House vernacular when it comes to wall, not using the article the in front of wall, uh, it is just wall. And wall is merely, turns out, a mnemonic device to help Trump remember immigration as a topic because of his worm-infested brain. Turns out Sam Nunberg and Roger Stone uh, had a conversation with each other early on in the campaign and said, well, how do we get... How do we get Biff to continue to talk about immigration? He gets out there, he starts riffing, he forgets yeah. to say the are the thing we want right. about immigration because we're racist. Exactly we right. Him, we need him to say that for right. us, and uh, then it, this is what happened. Right. We're going to get him to talk about he's going to build a wall. That was right. the whole device. So we have. Sh- so Donald Trump has shut down the United States government uh, mm-hmm. over a mnemonic device, basically a right. memory aid. Is why right. he shut down the government a wall that is so unnecessary it 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 took on a life of its own people were chanting build the wall and and uh and uh, as you recall mike flynn led them in in some of those chants that's right uh yeah yeah it's he must there's really nothing else to say except that he must be removed immediately by any legal means possible to delay is to further endanger this country this is the only thing that matters right now in my opinion yeah and you know what the other thing that uh, makes tonight's address important and i do want to underscore important yes. it is because right. you know you strip away all the lies strip away the fact <laughs> that he's using a mnemonic device to shut down the goddamn government uh-huh. uh strip away all of that donald trump is still the president and donald trump is going to be speaking on television tonight in the context of potentially engaging in a massive expansion of his executive power and that is absolutely 100 percent uh newsworthy whether he's telling the yes. truth or not and Look, so therefore you can, I, I understand why people are tired of hearing from him yeah and they're tired of well, really know and everybody knows me. It's bob be, bob in, in, bob in, in fact the, in fact the way pelosi made her case to the networks to yeah. give uh, her and schumer equal time was by saying you know he's gonna lie right you know he's going to lie and the networks had to admit yeah he's gonna lie mm. so that's one of the reasons the networks agreed not to mention the fact that it makes i think good television yeah but it it, it this is historic and important on every level. Uh, the fact that there is a democratic response, the fact that it will be real time, mm-hmm. the fact that it and it will respond to what he has just said instead of the usual talking past it. I do know that Trump's going to talk about border security. He's going to mostly talk about border security. Uh, Pelosi and Schumer will mostly talk about reopening the government. Yeah, that's true. And then and then America can decide. And uh, you know this is you're going to see. And I think we're already seeing a shift. Uh, another interesting piece in the New York Times, they sent a reporter down to the Florida panhandle where they're still suffering the effects of that hurricane that 
in which Trump wondered whose boat was this boat. <laughs> whose boat is this boat? Yeah, I God, and I love that. S- still suffering the effects of that. And uh, <laughs> there are prison workers down there. The federal prison there that the, the local economy relies upon is closed mm-hmm. because of hurricane damage. And so uh, they had to move all the prisoners 400 miles away to Mississippi, where now the people from Florida have to commute. The prison guards have to commute 400 miles and stay there every two weeks. And not only are they not getting reimbursed for their gas and food and laundry, but uh, they're they're not even getting paid now. These yeah. are Trump. These are law enforcement people in the South. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking Trump supporters, no question. And now they're and but it, many of them are still standing by him and saying yes, we need the wall. But some of them, <laughs> some of them, and this is what I knew would happen. Some of them are uh, starting to turn on him and say, hey, no, this, no, it wasn't supposed to go this way. <laughs> yes, declaring bankruptcy and getting evicted from your apartment just to own the libs. That thank you very much, Republicans. Right. That's that's exactly. Exactly what needs to happen, right? And now they may not be able to afford their overpriced prescription drugs, much less groceries and their rent or mortgage payments. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, look, you're entirely welcome to boycott tonight's speech if that's what you uh, listening in think is mm-hmm. is the appropriate thing for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the speech is unimportant or that the network right. shouldn't carry it. I get, I get the fact that they ignored mm-hmm, Obama's mm-hmm. Uh, healthcare speech uh, uh, several years ago, and uh, and they should have yeah. run that, and and that was a mistake that they made. But but I think at this point, it is absolutely mandatory that they carry this and and ha- engaging in a discussion on Twitter about whether or not the networks should carry the speech seems mm-hmm. to be missing the larger point, which is that absolutely once and you're again punishing, you're, you're punishing the wrong people you're yep. going after the wrong people yep. in in that scenario and sure you can bury your head in the sand for exactly the reasons bob just outlined you're mm-hmm. you're tired of it you're tired of the bs and the lies and and uh, you're tired of more of the same and you don't want to have anything to do with that i understand we have we share that emotion we passionately yeah. share that emotion but we also passionately sh- feel we have a responsibility as citizens to know what the president has to say especially if there's a threat of authoritarian imposition in that and this is in the story important occasion because of the response that will come. This is no time to stop paying attention. No. This is the time to pay more attention than ever uh, As and developments are moving very, very quickly. I think it behooves us all that it is our duty and responsibility to the degree that we can while paying our bills and working our jobs and living our lives, it is our duty to be informed citizens and to be up to date and to be ready for whatever shift storm is coming next uh and, and obviously the question to continuously ask yourself as we cover this shit as we follow the uh, the trump crisis day by day is wwrd what would rachel do what do you think rachel <laughs> would you think rachel maddow would literally recommend that you skip tonight's potentially historic no, address especially which, especially since it's during her show yeah, it is actually during her show that's exactly right but, so but, and and to be and and in full disclosure yeah. i've uh, borrowed that line this is no time to stop paying attention from mm. Rachel. There you go. Uh, because it, it, it it's a, it's an unbelievably true statement at, at a couldn't be more appropriate moment. Uh, this is no time to stop paying attention. This is time to, to really focus and and to be involved because some stuff is going to happen. By the way, I didn't say shitstorm. I said shift Schiff, Storm. yes. With two Fs on that. Adam Schiff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he's got some stuff planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be my favorite thing this year. My favorite thing of 2019, I'm already saying, is going to be just endless watching of C-SPAN. Uh, there's going to be <laughs> congressional hearing after congressional hearing, and it's all going to yeah. be juicy and, and incredible and, and binge-worthy and all yeah, yeah, anything and, you want to say and, about and, television. And you'll know it's time well spent yeah. when uh, the, the commercial networks start carrying it live. <laughs> right, I remember right. in Watergate, people were... Were not upset. Daytime television viewers were not upset that their stories went away. They were not upset that their <laughs> the production of their soap operas had been suspended yeah. while uh, the the Senate conducted Watergate hearings. Right. Uh, they you know this was riveting television that America glued itself to. Uh, there's a lot at stake in a situation like this, and of course it's very serious. But there is this sort of macabre fascina- fascination uh, too that will draw people in. And when you see Bob, those hearings jump from C-SPAN to the commercial networks, you'll know we're getting somewhere. Right, right. Well, you know what? Let's uh, put a pin in this, as Rachel likes to say, and come back (laughs) to it here in just a second. But in the meantime, let's talk about Patreon. Now, you may not know this, but if you've only listened to the free Tuesday and Thursday shows... 
you're missing one of the most exciting 90 minutes of the week. And of course, that's our after party show with me and Kimberly Johnson every Friday. It's a, you know, if you're only listening to Tuesday, Thursday, this is an additional third show for the week. And that doesn't even include the interview show, which, by the way, Stephen Weber tomorrow from Wings. That's who we're going to be talking to on the interview show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're basically describing the after party as sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics. Right? Why am I not on that show? <laughs> no. Well, God damn it, Buzz. You're always invited. Always, always invited to join and us. And by the way, that Kimberly A. Johnson is amazing. Is she taken? Yeah, I, you know? maybe. I think she maybe is. She might be now, taken. You, you guys are doing an amazing job, and it's a fun show that it really provides a nice, I mean, there's some of this, but it really provides a nice balance to the some of the, the grim stuff that goes on during the week. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. So I'd highly recommend it. Well, last week, we not only covered the latest from the Trump crisis, but we also spent 20 minutes on orgasms. And mm-hmm. why some women fake their climaxes. I won't, if I'm, more people spent 20 minutes on orgasms, the world would be a better place. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly the, the, the point in all of this. I, I'm not going to reveal some of the theories we discussed, but if you, if you want to find no, you out. you have to, yeah, listen and, yeah. and support it and get it through Patreon. Exactly. Go to patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show. Really easy to remember. Patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show or simply patreon.com slash Bob Seska a show and sign up to support our independent podcast for just 10 bucks a month not only do you get lots of the aforementioned sex drugs and rock and roll but you also get the post-mortem shows as well as access to our community blog where you can post your own articles and if ten dollars a month uh, is too much for your budget which i completely understand no problem maybe think about pitching in for a dollar a month on our patreon page you'll be supporting the show plus you'll gain access to one of the fastest growing communities of listeners on the inner tubes our exclusive patreon Patreon Club, plus our uh, community tab where you can vent about the Trump crisis or whatever is on your mind. So go right now to patreon.com slash Bob Seska show and subscribe. Thank you in advance. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Tuesday show. The great Buzz Burbank is here from Buzz Burbank News and Comments. Uh, okay. And by the way, let me let me say, for whether you just heard what Bob just said or not, yes. uh, there's sort of a little commercial we had there for Patreon. Uh, whether you heard it or not, doesn't matter. Uh, I, I want to tell people uh, how much your support means to our shows. Yes. Uh, Bob and I both. Uh, it, because you know what? It doesn't just help support the show, which it does, mm-hmm. but it sends us a message that uh, is very, well, it's kind of important for us to hear. Yeah. And so... And, so we are as overwhelmed by the act as we are by the amount, uh, uh, and just that we appreciate that support. And if we haven't told you that, we're telling you now. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. You know what? You can cancel at any time. If you run into financial problems, you can always we'll cancel and, and come back or, once things uh, improve for you. But if you do want to stick around for many, many years... Well, well, thank you for that. Arizona Senator uh, Kirsten Cinema. I always get Kristen and Kirsten. And yeah, me too. Christian, all those confused. Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema is a Democratic bisexual who used a hardbound copy of the U.S. Constitution instead of a Bible at her swearing-in ceremony. She was sworn in by Vice President Mike Pence, Mm -hmm. a religious zealot who hates Democrats and especially bisexuals, gays, lesbians, and transgenders. Do you think he immediately showered after that (laughs) swearing-in ceremony? That's what I want to know. I think he had to apologize to Mother. I think that's what he had (laughs) to do. Because uh, Mike Pence can't be with any woman, much less a bisexual woman, a dirty, dirty bisexual sexual that he had to stand next to and swear in and uh and to be in that close quarters where mom or mother isn't anywhere in sight uh that's dangerous for mike pence isn't it isn't he not supposed to be in the same room alone with yeah, women? he doesn't dine with other women yeah. uh, without his wife present uh yeah not alone in the same room all of so that. weird so weird that. And, and he's so perfectly manicured yeah. i just i can't help but notice how <laughs> precisely 
precise, <laughs> precision, precision manicuring is what it is with my pants. <laughs> right. And, and it's we, a little scary. Right. We were noticing on uh, Friday's after party, in, in fact, speaking of the after party, that uh, Mike Pence is looking a little splotchy these days, which is uh, which is a shame. But, you know, he's he's albino. So what do you, what do you want? Uh, I hope he hasn't come down with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I'm, uh, you may or may not have seen the the uh, the Trumpers and the Red Hats screaming about how Do- how Barack Obama apparently. Well, this actually does come from Donald Trump. That uh-huh. uh, Barack Obama uh, apparently has a ten foot wall around his house in D.C., which uh-huh. is completely untrue. Not and true, uh, yeah. you know, the Daily Caller sent Benny Johnson down to. Uh, down to Barack Obama's house into that neighborhood of uh, Washington, D.C. to see if there was, in fact, a a 10-foot high wall around the house. And, of course, there's not. There are are, uh, some Jersey walls and a couple of little, uh, uh, I don't know, three, four-foot-tall fence things, those... uh, those mobile fences that they can move around in sections, you know what I mean? And so they're blocking off part of the road so you can't drive up uh, with a car bomb and attack Barack Obama's house where he lives. Trump Trump has proven that you can lie about anything and people, certain people, won't care if they Mm -hmm. like your hatred. Yeah. Uh, for for example, uh, uh, he said said a number of previous presidents had told him secretly— that they wish they had built the wall. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> so the Washington Post picked up the phone and called all of the living former presidents and asked them if they had ever said such a thing to Donald Trump, and every single one of them said no, Republican and Democrat. Uh, the, 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 even the biggest lies, even yeah. the wildest lies, go unchecked by his... Supporters, whatever you want to call them right. at this point. Well, if you're a Trump supporter, though, how do you react to something like that? I mean, something that's Ignore so it. obviously a, a lie. Write it off as fake news. Uh, not watch it. Uh, this business of I'm not watching. Oh God, that. Well, no, uh, I'm that, saying that I'm saying me more than some, yeah. something that something that Donald Trump says that is absolutely a falsehood, and then right, every right. every living president comes out and says, "Well, we didn't have that conversation. That was completely made up." Yeah, well, as you're a Trump supporter, it, a news, uh, yeah, yeah, a newspaper reporter called him up and and in private conversations and got these answers and then published a story about it a story trump supporters will never read right right well that, yeah. that and is that's, absolutely and that's true. how and that's how that gets by them but somehow it's got to diffuse its way into their heads or at least to some of their heads because <laughs> and, I mean, if they, and if they do hear it if they do either hear you and i talking about it at the water cooler uh they write it off as uh, we heard some fake news uh we're liberals don't trust anything they say there's just this complete shutout because he's their guy he wants yeah. to build the wall to keep out the criminals and the rapists and the drug dealers. Uh, so, obviously, he's a great American, and, oh, my God, we're going to support him. Oh, sure, he's a little unconventional, but uh, we, he believes what we believe. Well, and he's not afraid to speak his mind, even if he's crazy. Here's another example, though. Judge Napolitano, Andrew Napolitano on Fox News right. Channel, has right. been recently, at least, and I'm not going to get into all the times he's been wrong, but, I mean, right. recently, at least, he has been uh, basically debunking most of what Donald Trump has been saying saying about not only the Russia investigation, what he can do about Robert Mueller, but also, of course, the potential of a national emergency being invoked tonight. And uh, Judge Napolitano said, well, no, I mean, he can't he can't use a national emergency to then divert Defense Department funds in order to build the wall and circumventing Congress. Congress is the one who, constitutionally speaking, the House of Representatives uh, uh, passes appropriations bill, of course, bills they get approved by the Senate, and then they go to the president. That's how you spend money in the federal government. You just can't take money from elsewhere. Trump may have even been informed of this at this point, and this may be why Pence was uh, leaning away from that uh, in his uh, morning show news appearances today. Uh, he he may be aware of that fact. I and and I, this is what I wanted to say also that I uh, got away from me uh, when you had listed uh, what a president can do. Oh yeah, with, yeah. Uh, emergency powers, and and yes, a president has the right to invoke these emergency powers. He does not have, no president has the right to invoke this particular emergency. The, yeah. this, this, what he wants to do here, assuming he does it, is, is illegal. It, it, can't, it, right. it can't be done. And for the reasons, if, no, whereas if he can't get the money, and if only Congress can allocate that money, uh, allocate sufficient 
uh, amounts of that money to accomplish his goal. And now he wants, instead of $5.6 billion, he wants $5.7 billion. He'd like another 800000 No, he'd like another $7 million on top of that. So now we're up to nearly $13 million he wants. $7 million of that for the humanitarian crisis that his immigration policies have caused. Yeah, the point being is that if you're a Trump supporter, if you're a red hat and you're listening to Andrew Napolitano say this on Fox News Channel, because mm-hmm. suffice to say, the red hats are walking, watching Fox News Channel. Yes. How, how do you react to something? I mean, do you actually, do you change your mind or you do Not go, at first. Uh, Not yeah. at first. It's going to be the chipping away. And this is, I think, the Democratic strategy in Congress, by the way. Uh, if, if they just started impeachment hearings right now, which is what you and I would really, really like, yeah. uh, they would alienate uh, 40% of the country, maybe more, probably more. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't afford that right now. Uh, what we have to do, and, and what was done in Watergate, was lay out a case for it first and then bring it up. Yeah. And that's why we don't talk about impeachment club yet. <laughs> that's, you know, uh, and, and you, first they need to lay out the case. When, as as Fox viewers hear Judge Napolitano say those things, Bob, uh, they may not, that particular thing may not register with them on that particular day, or maybe they were make, out making a sandwich at that particular <laughs> moment and they didn't catch it. Uh, this is going to take some time. It's a chipping yeah. away process, uh, both in reality leaking into Fox News occasionally, between that and between the developments uh, published in the mainstream news media and, and the hearings and the conclusions and the lies and the corruption that are exposed in these hearings it's going to take it's going to take this uncomfortable journey to get us to a point where but but it begins to chip away and bob is that fox viewer hears napolitano one day and somebody else on another day and uh, this will have a cumulative effect and while that viewer may not be swayed by that one thing napolitano said they may they their support their defense of trump may yeah. begin to erode as they hear another and another and another and as you and i have talked about before the public uh, because they have lives to lead uh, not always up to speed on everything that's going on so they the the public as a whole tends to run behind the curve on what needs to be done or what needs to be concluded uh so expect this to be another slow process yeah if we can make our way through it uh, uh but but that's that's what we'll do it and that's you're right that one comment by napolitano didn't turn around fox viewers and trump supporters but another and another and another and another and another will yeah yeah and that's we're entering that another and another phase right now that's a really good point and in fact you know as uh i still believe that it's going to be really difficult for republicans to wrap their heads around the idea of impeachment specifically Uh i but the indications are here showing that uh the republicans uh, on the hill are starting to come around when it comes to ending the shutdown in fact Mm -hmm. uh they were saying uh what was it on rachel last night something like 20 to 30 republicans in the house might be voting with the democrats on the Mm -hmm. next uh uh, spending Mm -hmm. bill the next attempt at reopening the government and so that's a positive thing and what that actually means is we're getting closer and closer and closer to a veto-proof majority and i think that's going to end up being how this whole thing ends. I don't think Donald Trump, as cowardly as he is, I don't think Donald Trump's going to run away from this one. I think Donald Trump's going to keep going because he continues to control the media narrative as long as he keeps the government shut down and he keeps screeching about wall. But meanwhile, it could uh, only just take uh, a a two-thirds vote in the House, two-thirds vote in the Senate to be Mm -hmm. able to override any veto that Donald Trump uh, stamps onto uh, the spending bill, thus passing it without Donald Trump's approval, which is exactly, I think, how this thing is going to go forward. Yeah, there's no way that Trump, by the way, can win this shut down the government or I get my wall battle. No. He can't. There's no way. He's already boxed in. It's too late. He's screwed. Uh, Democrats have the advantage right now. They're going to use the tax returns uh, as uh, the leverage to get uh, Trump. Now, uh, the Trump administration is scrambling now that it shut down the IRS, is scrambling to figure out a way how to get people their returns. Do you know that about 18 million returns are supposed to start going out in less than a month from 
from today. Wow. Like three, three weeks from today. Uh, 18 million uh, tax returns will have arrived at the IRS ready for processing and refunds. And those people are going to want their money. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to. And, and Republicans, Republican lawmakers, uh, please take note. This goes on your permanent record. You are going to face campaign ads in as we approach the 2020 election. Uh, senators who are running for re-election uh, reminding uh, Americans that you voted for keeping the government shut down. Yeah. And this goes on your permanent record. Mm -hmm. Your support of uh, Donald Trump goes on your permanent record. Uh, and th this is why Republicans have to turn at some point if they expect not to walk off the cliff like lemmings. It's so funny. They're in the process of implementing the big tax cut from a year ago. And, and this is the first year, in fact, that corporations right. will see the benefit or shareholders will begin to see the benefit of those Trump tax cuts. And mm -hmm. at a time when people are starting to receive their refunds and just as you said, about four weeks from now, they start, they start to go out or they're supposed to start going they won't out. but they won't and they won't and see even even if the white house you know they're they're monkeying with the money trying to make that possible yeah first of all they don't have enough money to do it and secondly they don't have the personnel so now they're they're saying well maybe we could get our irs employees to come back to work with no pay yeah yeah that's a, that's what we'll do we'll get them to come back to work with no pay and then we'll get the refunds out and everything will be fine <laughs> well no it won't and the democrats have now offered they're now offering <laughs> these singular bills to refund this or that one of the individual bills that they're introducing this week, guess what it does? It funds the IRS and reopens the IRS and gets everybody their refunds. Yep. Is, are the Republicans going to vote against that? Is Trump going to veto that? Is he? Is he? Is he? I can't wait to see. I mean, this is the most staggering thing, Buzz, is the fact that the, the first spending bill that the House of uh, Representatives, led by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats last uh -huh. week, the first thing they did was to vote and pass a, a, a spending bill that was exactly the bill that yeah. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans passed on the Senate side last year, you know, just or yeah, mm -hmm. right around the same time that the shutdown happened. And, right. uh, and of course, Mitch McConnell decides, oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to take it up. I'm not going to vote on this again. But he's already passed it. This is already something that's been approved by Republicans, and yet Mitch McConnell doesn't want to do anything about it. And so I think I forget exactly who made this point today on Twitter, but the fact is that as much as Donald Trump is to blame for all of this, Mitch McConnell is absolutely 100% enabling oh, Donald Trump. Yes, 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 absolutely. And and he's he's been hiding mostly. Yeah. He'll make the occasional declaration or slip it out or have a spokesman do it, but Mitch McConnell is in hiding. It's Kevin McCarthy still standing alongside uh, Trump for this garbage now. And McConnell's not standing next to him anymore. Yeah. McConnell hates shutdowns, and he hates being wrong about this one not happening because he predicted it wouldn't. Uh, McConnell hates both of those things. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and he wants nothing to do with any of this, and he doesn't want to be associated with the shutdown. He's carried that weight before. So McConnell is, is it's Bob, it's as if he were withdrawing from public view. It's as if he were... Uh, somehow shrinking from view as if into a shell of some sort. Uh, that's sort of sort of the Mitch McConnell that I'm that is seeing true, or right? not seeing yeah. now. Mitch McConnell, his, this is Mitch that's McConnell, having, the sound of him shrinking sense. into a shell. Yeah, oh, I thought... <laughs> okay, uh, back yeah. to the IRS thing, though, man. Yes. Uh, a little over 10% of IRS employees are still on the clock. 90% of the workforce of the IRS has been sent home. For the yeah, shutdown, ninety-five, yeah, and, and yeah, Donald, Donald Trump at the White House are going to order those remaining ten percent to do all the mind. rest of the work. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind coming back to work with no pay, right, right. Well, you I don't know. Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to order the other employees back, or are they just well, going to make that ten percent do all of the work? We've heard a couple of things out of the Trump administration about how they plan to do this. One plan was to try to scrape together the money to pay some people to come back to work because there's yeah. not a lot of money to work with. Uh, another plan was to see how many employees they could get to come back to work with no pay. Now, you're telling me they're going to pay some to come back and they're not going to pay others. This is not going to work, no. <laughs> fellas. No. This is, you know you see you shut down the IRS, and unless you vote to open it again, and I think you will if you hope to be reelected, any of you, uh, then you know it, the pass this bill. That's uh, and it's great leverage. It's it's uh, the the way that you were admiring uh, the way Pelosi came into power uh, and the way they have handled that power every moment from the very first second. Uh, constant advantage Democrats over Trump. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? We're going to dig into uh, Trump and Russia. This Russia thing with Trump and Russia. We're going to dig into that right after this last break. Back after these words. 
Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil. Citrus extracts and sage. Which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster... Then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, here we go. Uh, digging into uh, Trump and Russia. This Russia thing with Trump and Russia. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things we missed uh, over the break was the fact that uh, Donald Trump was repeating Russian propaganda in the cabinet room. Uh-huh. And they still buzz, haven't been able to figure out where the hell he got this information about why uh, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan in 1979. We, we, yeah, we know the general source, but we don't know how that information specifically got to him from that specific source. Well, a, yeah. Russian, a Russian news agency uh, published uh, yep. this, this information. Uh, the question is, did, did Trump read it himself? Did someone read it to him? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, did someone pass on it? Did he pick it up on a conservative show? We haven't been able to trace that uh not sure you're right we don't know where he got it uh, does it i mean and it does matter where he got it but what matters more in my opinion is that he got it and espoused it in the white house yeah this yeah. russian propaganda that isn't true well what i'm uh, saying here is that like there's there still hasn't been a, a domestic source to debunk uh what donald trump said we're, we're basically he didn't receive this from Fox News Channel. He didn't receive this information from Alex Jones or any other source that you wouldn't typically believe that Donald Trump is listening to, other than, of course, the obvious one, which is uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, and the Kremlin. So, yeah. and that is, I would uh, wager a considerable amount of money on the idea that Donald Trump, at some point over the holiday break, spoke with Vladimir Putin on the telephone. Uh, maybe using his his unsecured cell phone. I mean, we don't know exactly sure how that call took place or even if it did, but at some point and maybe over the holiday break at some point, Vladimir Putin dropped this into Donald Trump's head and it came spilling out as he was Mr. Motormouth in the cabinet room last week. And, uh, and, and in fact, this week, the white house is in the process of downplaying, uh, the remarks. I mean, Mick Mulvaney was uh, interviewed by Jake Tapper on CNN, and Mick Mulvaney had no idea where the president got this. He said uh, his best excuse was he said, I think that idea is born out of frustration. But of course, completely noncommittal, uh, doesn't say whatsoever where Donald Trump may have heard this information, even though we all kind of know where he actually got it from. Uh, so the fact that they're just not even bothering to answer. And by the way, Mm-hmm. You want to get angry about the press for something? You want to get angry at the White House press corps about something? How about okay. in that Rose Garden press conference last week, the day after he said this about the Soviets in Afghanistan and the alleged mm-hmm. terrorism that was taking place inside the Soviet Union that the Soviets were then retaliating for by invading Afghanistan, not a single member of the White House press corps asked Donald Trump about that during that extended, I don't know what, it was 90 minutes uh, that Donald Trump was standing there in the Rose Garden with idiot Kevin McCarthy standing behind him. Not a word, not a word asked about that well that that's extremely unfortunate i also know that had they asked him he would have stammered and never really given an answer that he would have diverted that he would have uh, slipped off onto something else that he never would have so they wouldn't have gotten an answer even if they had asked in my that's opinion well, that doesn't yeah. mean that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask and that said i'm i'm figuring out i think what the problem is with television journalism and i, I don't want to condemn it all because there are some really good people oh yeah 
good, yeah. good journalists working behind the scenes, people we never see on television. The problem more frequently is this, the, those we do see on television, including the White House correspondents, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, they, they appear to be growing a set and asking a tough question. <laughs> but if you if you look at it, these are tend to be superficial and not so much specific questions, with some exceptions. But uh, that's, uh, to me, the, the general portrait of it yeah. uh, so uh, the people the producers the researchers and the journalists working behind the scenes of the network are finding uh, uncovering and breaking some terrific news uh, some terrific scoops uh, the real work though the real the good work is being done by really good newspapers like yeah. the New York Times and the Washington Post right. and the Guardian and then there are others as well there are a few brave newspapers here and there who are, are doing and saying what needs to be done and said. Uh, But uh, there's a superficiality to TV news that doesn't condemn the whole thing, but uh, does certainly weaken it and and I think present a bad face for journalism. Yeah, well, I mean, again, hashtag not all journalists. The fact of the matter is is that we did get this information through Rachel Maddow. We got this information (laughs) through Jonathan Chait, Steve Bannon at Maddow Blog. We also got it through the Washington Post. So, I mean, some reporters and journalists, whether TV or print or internet or all of the above, are doing their jobs. I mean, there's no doubt about that but at the same time you know you kind of got it when you have the president's ear and and he's calling randomly on reporters i mean at some point especially because it's germane to the overall mm-hmm. uh, the, the giant scandal in the room which is the the trump russia investigation uh it is germane to that so why not pound him about it even if he's going to lie in response which he probably will um you know certainly he's not going to go yep i did i got it from vladimir putin although there's always a chance there's because Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. sometimes have this tendency to blurt the truth when they probably yes. shouldn't be. So they're either lying or accidentally blurting the truth. They're never intentionally telling the truth. It just slips out sometimes. By the way, a side note about Mick Mulvaney. Okay. Interesting guy, this Mick Mulvaney. After being a congressman from South Carolina for six years, he uh, is, has served as uh, the head of the Federal Office of Management and Budget for Trump, uh, and, and he also took over the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, which was set up by Elizabeth Warren and ruined by him. Uh, and, and and now, in addition to those two jobs that he still has, he's acting chief of staff. Yeah. As I've said before, there's a lot of acting in this administration, none of it very good. But uh, he, we now we find out that he's trying to get get a job uh, that he's interviewing, that he's talking to a university in South Carolina, back in his home state, about becoming the president of that university. So, and, 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 as, and what we had heard is that Mulvaney never wanted anything more than he wanted to be uh, Trump's chief of staff. Uh, now that he has the job, he's uh, looking at this university thing. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting and telling. Well, the good news is that they're, the, the Senate Judiciary Committee has actually decided that they're going to to hold confirmation hearings on Trump's appointee for attorney general, uh, this guy, uh-huh. William Barr. So uh-huh. uh, for a while there, I was thinking, is Donald Trump just going to leave all these acting posts, you know, with the acting whoever sitting in those posts? I mean, or is he actually going to push forward with uh, replacing all these characters? Well, he'll, he'll try, but he won't succeed. And he doesn't care if he succeeds or not, because he has the acting ones that'll do what he wants yeah. to. I've got a, a little rundown of it here. We have an acting attorney general yep. uh, and and, and uh, an attorney general nominee, both of whom have criticized the Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. So whether one stays or goes, it doesn't matter as long as he gets one of them. Yeah. So he doesn't care if one of them gets confirmed or not. And I don't think that uh, that he, his nominee will be in this case. Uh, let's see. There, I'm trying to think of the other acting. Uh, we have an acting defense secretary. Yeah. Probably uh, an acting uh, chief of staff at the Pentagon. Um, uh, acting U.N. ambassador, acting attorney general, yeah. acting EPA director, acting defense secretary. Um, yeah, it's and, and yeah, chief of staff as well. Trump says, I, uh, I sort of like acting. It gives me more flexibility. Do you understand that? <laughs> Do you understand that? He said, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, of course, it gives him flexibility because he doesn't uh, have to go through any sort of oversight the in order to get constitution, there. Constitution, annoying yeah. things like that. Pesky, yeah. pesky constitution. Yeah. Right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, back to Russia here for a second. Uh, Putin has told China that he's ready to supply them with all the soybeans they want. Thus, uh, Donald Trump's uh, trade war has potentially empowered Russia's soybean exports to China. 
replacing our exports to China. China! Oh, God. So more uh, giant sloppy uh, BJs for Vladimir Putin coming from Donald Trump. Uh, thank you very much, Donald Trump. And meanwhile, uh, there's just and there's a- nothing. There's nothing that those two countries would like more, Russia and China, than to mess us up. And uh, Robert Mueller has uh, extended his grand jury by another six months. So yes, yeah, he got uh, got permission to do that. Uh, you can ask for and get a six month extension. Uh, that will. Uh, put you were talking about six months a little while ago, and that that that's how much time has been added to the eighteen month investigation that we have had so far. It's, I was mentioning it was two years for us, and that's true. It's only been eighteen months for Robert Mueller. Uh, two years is not only not unusual; it's still considered fast yeah. for a, a special prosecutor to do his work, or in this case, a special counsel. Uh, so uh, that that puts him on schedule. It means that he still has some work he'd like to do. Uh, more people to indict. We know who some of them are. And we just got some breaking news here from the Washington Post. Uh-oh. It says Manafort shared 2016 presidential campaign polling data with ex-employee whom FBI tied to Russian intelligence. No, of according, course he did. This according to a new court filing. Oh, just right, about. right, right. And of course, we remember, too, just along those lines, just, just triggering a memory in my head that... Uh, mm-hmm. That one of the things that uh, Manafort promised with regard to Donald Trump to the Russians was to give Oleg Deripaska uh, direct access to insider uh, Trump campaign information right, or Trump right, presidency right. information, too, for that matter. Remember, these clowns said from the very beginning, we've had no contact whatsoever with Russians. Yeah. And now we know that there were 16 uh, such contacts. No collusion. At, 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 at a minimum. We yeah. also have learned that uh, nearly everything... Uh, in the Steele dossier has been corroborated now. Yep. Nearly everything. Not everything, but most of it. Well, again, there are so many people uh, left, right, and center who owe a lot of us apologies for calling this from practically from day one. And they were all too willing to say, ah, you're a bunch of tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. Turns out we're kind of right about most of this stuff, huh? Apologies, Bob, or big sloppy blowjobs. What do you you think? uh, You pick them. It's either one or the other. I'm happy with either one. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we got a big big, uh, presidential address tonight in primetime at 9 o'clock. He may or may not uh, announce a uh, national emergency. If he does, well... The whole conversation changes at that point because Donald Trump then, whether he's granted these powers by the Constitution Uh and whatever legislation is on board or not, Donald Trump is going to abuse that power. And the courts may stop him, and that's entirely possible too. But in the meantime, he's going to go there. It's big tub of popcorn night. (laughs) And I hope I'm wrong, Buzz. I really, really do. Uh, you can follow Buzz Burbank at buzzburbank.com, uh, also at realmnetwork.com. You can find his podcast, Buzz Burbank News and Comment, every Thursday, also on SoundCloud. Make sure to follow him on Twitter to get all the most recent updates. That's uh, at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Thank you, Buzz. We'll see you on the postmortem show. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye.